Welcome into Tailgate. Austin Gale here with Mike Renner in sunny Cincinnati, ready to rip it up. We were going to do a Saturday show, but our brains were fried. Well, we didn't really think about the schedule and like yeah, how yeah, tight yeah, that yeah. turnaround is because <laughs> we also had a serious show at 8 a.m. Saturday oh, that's morning. that's right, yeah. That kind of got in the way. So we sold you a bag of goods, but we're here. Now, ready to break down the draft. I'm here, man. I'm here. The Friday show was awesome. And then Saturday, we had an 8 a.m. serious radio show that went on for two hours. And then we had to do day three of the draft. And then day four, went on four. Sunday, <laughs> was just like, it, it, we're refreshed. We're reset. Ready to give draft grades for all 32 NFL teams. That's going to be a bulk majority of the show. We got some savior likes. We have some fun to reads. I also wanted to fit into the Catch and Early Buzz. I should have told you this before we went live. Um, just some of your favorites uh, in your 2023 mock. Oh, 2023 mock. Oh, you let's, let's go over the 2023 mock as a whole like in, in a couple days here. But it's, it's up on PFF.com, I will say. Um, some of my favorites, though, I'll just say next year's DT class is looking hot. Really? So the two highest pass rushing grades among defensive tackles in the country last year from true sophomores. So that's going to be hot. Jacqueline Roy, Jalen Carter, LSU and Georgia, respectively. Good DT class. Good quarterback class, which is why you're getting this report that people were looking towards 2023 and, and saying, you know, that's that's a that was a factor in why these quarterbacks slid in this year's draft class. So those are my two biggest takeaways. And the other one is um, there's a few wide receivers now. I'm not sure there's a ton. There's not like not a big look ahead of. A lot of established guys, but obviously with the way wide receiver talent's going, they always crop up. Like Jameson Williams, we were talking about this point yeah. a year ago, you know? So, yeah. Kayshawn Booty is my guy for next year. I saw you I had agree. to go nine to the Chicago Bears. I think he's a top ten player. You know who I am excited to see, though? Eric Gilbert. The LSU tight end transferred to Florida for like a day and then to Georgia and then missed last season for personal reasons. I don't know what's going on with this dude, but – Obviously, it's not been reported what it is, but talent-wise, this guy's going to be insane. I also really like that you fit in Devin Leary, the NC State quarterback, because— He's the best quarterback in the country, according <laughs> to his Dave coach. Doran, the head coach at NC State, looked at me in the face and said, he's the best quarterback in the country. So I'm excited to see him. We watched him a little bit, too. He, he rips it up. The other thing is, I don't know if this was salt toward Pittsburgh Panthers fans, but you put Jordan Excuse Addison me? in there. Pitts oh, Pitt Panthers, okay. <clears throat> I was like— Okay. Oh, it's Jordan Addison. Yeah, he's, it says Jordan Addison, Pittsburgh, but he transferred to USC. He officially did? Yeah. What? Did you see, like, like yesterday? Oh, wait, no, I thought he was reported. No, no, dude, buddy, it, listen to this. finalized. Listen to this. He goes to USC. He got $2 million in NIL deals and his own South Beach home. Stop. Yes. He has his own house. This is finalized. Finalized, bro. And I was writing it up. I, it wasn't finalized. No, it's finalized. Oh. Lincoln Riley pulled out a bag. I loved who is David Pollock on. It was a show that we were watching yesterday. And he said NIL stands for now it's legal because this guy they just like dropped an absolute like house on Addison. Quite literally, it's absurd. It's That's, absurd. Now my thought immediately is Pittsburgh must have not been getting him his due, you know? Because so like, you're not luring Jackson Smith and the Jigbo away from Ohio State. You're not luring Keishon Booty away from LSU, unless. Their NIL deals are subpar. And if Pittsburgh isn't, you know, finding a way to get it done for Addison, USC's like, hey, come to South Beach. We'll get you a home in $2 million. That's insane. Well, that's the thing about recruiting now. It doesn't stop. 
And doesn't stop when you sign in the dotted line. It's, oh my God, I love it. I love it. So you know, the people who are upset about that, right? Is this what the NIL was for? Yeah, it was this. This is what the NIL was for. Yeah. Let's go get the players paid. <clears throat> Let's go get the players paid. And if you can't pay your players, you can't get them deals, then they're going to go to a place they can't. Well, I think Justin Ross and his decline injuries, obviously. And going undrafted and going unsigned for a while, right? Like he wasn't coveted even He's still unsigned. He's still unsigned. His whole saga is why NIL should exist. It was why like he w he should be he should have made money off of his talents before his talents got destroyed by the game of football. Yeah. You know, like that that's those are the guys that deserve NIL money. Guy was tweeting I mean, through it stuff, too. Yeah. I don't know if you saw on Twitter as the draft was progressing. It was, it was an interesting time. But uh, I feel bad for the guy, man. That sucks. That yeah. absolutely sucks. All right, let's get these draft grades. Draft grades brought to you by PFF. Ready to rock and roll here. We're gonna go alphabetical, um, starting with the Arizona Cardinals, who hauled in. I'm not gonna go pick by pick here, but in their first top 100 picks, Trey McBride, the tight end from Colorado State. They obviously didn't have a first-rounder because they traded it for Marquise Brown. Then they brought in Cameron Thomas of San Diego State in round three at pick 87. Their last top 100 pick was Myjay Sanders of Cincinnati. I was not a huge fan of this draft class. One, I did not like the – and I know I made this clear on day one of the draft show. I did not like the Marquise Brown trade. Now, yeah. I also have – sat on a fence with that trade because I do think Marquise Brown is going to have a lot more success in, in Arizona than he did, he did mm -hmm. have in Baltimore. The system favors him. You have Kyler Murray there, the connection, et cetera. Yes. However, I still don't think he was worth a 23 overall pick. I don't think any other team in the NFL is trading a first-round pick for Marquise Brown, period. I don't. I think that's the only team where you're getting a first-round pick yes. for Marquise Brown. Now, after that, McBride, he was 60th on PFF's board, picked at 55. I'm I soured on Cameron Thomas as the pre-draft process kind of progressed. I worry that a lot, such a high percentage of his wins were inside. He has the hamstring injuries, all that stuff. He did test well. Three cone was impressive. In round three, though, might as well shoot shoot a little bit. And then Myjay Sanders in Cincinnati at 100. I thought that was a bit early given his pre-draft process, right? Mm -hmm. you, Myjay Sanders up and down in way you talk to people in the Cincinnati Bearcats coverage. Like, yeah, this guy is going to be difficult from a weight perspective to manage in the NFL, you got to stay on them. I didn't yeah. love their day two. I didn't love their day one. You give them a B minus because, yeah, they did add some good players. I like Lasita Smith. I like Marquise Hayes. I like Keontae Ingram. But honestly, I lean C plus B minus for the Arizona Cardinals draft. And again, not impressed with the moves Steve Kimes made. Because you even look at the Trey McBride pick, they re-signed Max Williams and Zach Ertz this offseason. So you're bringing Trey McBride to a room that you just recently invested in. Is he going to be tight end two there? And Max Williams gets – I don't understand. I, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me, the moves they made. Um, I, I'm going C-plus, officially a C-plus for this Arizona Cardinals class. Okay. I've actually come around more to the Marquise Brown trade, especially for them. One, you have the inbuilt chemistry between him and Kyler Murray. Like, you know that's going to – not going to sour. Yeah. You know, it's not – it's going to work out there. And two – he was better than anyone you're going to get at 23. You're more of a sure thing, more of a guy who's going to impact your roster right now. And we talk about the rookie contract. And this is the last year Kyler Murray's cheap. And then you're going to have to, you know, fifth year option, extend him, whatever. But it's, not, it's going to bump up a lot more after this year, his cap number. And so you can make plays like this. You can make all-in sort of plays because this is, you know, right or wrong. And if you look at this roster, probably more wrong. But, like, Lightning in a bottle, this team could win a Super Bowl. I'm not saying 
they're going to be even close to the favorites. They probably are going to have like six best odds in the NFC. But it's going to go even lower than that once you're paying Kyler Murray $40 million a year. So you can make this trade to go kind of an all-in move. And Marquise Brown, obviously a very talented receiver, he's cheap over the next two years, relatively. $2 million cap hit this year, $13 million cap hit on the fifth-year option next year. Those are below-market values compared to what we're seeing across the NFL. So I'm not, I don't hate that move nearly as much as I did at face value when it first got reported, oh, 23rd overall pick, a first-rounder when – you know, that's similar compensation to what these other guys, I don't think you can look at it just through that lens because of how desperate Arizona is. But the picks that they then made were kind of just, again, meh. Like, I, I didn't get super excited about it. Cameron Thomas, maybe my favorite one. Actually, probably Trey McBride's probably my favorite one mm-hmm. for that offense, a different type of tight end than Zach Ertz. Like, they can share the football field, I believe, and definitely bring some more speed to that position for them. But... Again, a lot of just, eh, we shall see. I, I don't want to crush it too bad because I do think they got better and gave more weapons to this offense. Yeah, I mean, I, I did like – you look at the round six picks here. I, I like Keontae Ingram, the USC running back. I was kind of planting my flag on him as a guy that's going to be better than where he gets drafted. Lasita Smith at Virginia Tech in round six I think is value. And same with Marquise Hayes at 257 in round yeah. seven. I think those are those are value picks as well. I was not a big Jesse Lucetta fan, and I'm not surprised that he went as late as he did because of that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, C-plus maybe is harsh, but I, I'm going to lean into it. I, I, I don't like it. Yeah, you, like came, it. you came to me after the draft and were like, you're – a bitch for these draft grades they're all too nice and i was like well with the renee brugler or brugner does the draft grades by all like the big media at 18 we have the third highest grades like third highest cumulative gpa GPA. nfl.com is first because nfl.com obviously just like jerks every (laughs) single team (laughs) they did it they super bowl everyone's good (laughs) this Uh, year the falcons turn it around oh man that's the falcons did have a great job um yeah favorite pick i think is going to be marquis hayes at 257 I think, I mean, that's good value. Marquis Hayes, I thought, was a lot better than that. Um, least favorite pick? Hmm. I think my least favorite is Maje. Yeah, Maje at 100, I think, will be my least favorite as well. All right. Atlanta Falcons. So you're officially saying B minus there. B minus, Dan. All right. Atlanta Falcons. This was an A, borderline A plus draft for me. I love what the Atlanta Falcons did. The top? Their top 100 picks, and they had a lot of them. Uh, Drake London at eight. They grabbed Arnold Abicady, Penn State at 38, someone I thought should have been in the conversation for the first round. I had him as a top 20 player on, P- on my own board. Troy Anderson, the linebacker from Montana State, uber-athletic player at 58. Then they grabbed Desmond Ritter as he slides to 74 in round three. And then D'Angelo Malone, the Western Kentucky edge defender that I, I really liked. And I, I'm not surprised, ultimately, that he went ahead of MyJ Sanders, right? I think D'Angelo Malone mm-hmm. was awesome. Really liked him at the Senior Bowl. Has to add weight, but still. And then uh, even after that, Tyler Algier, the, the BYU running back coming off the board in round five. I think the Atlanta Falcons, that's an A, A-plus draft for me. Yeah, so first four picks, all seen as value picks on the PFF draft board. Um, so four top 51 players in this class they got, according to the PFF draft board with picks 838 58 and 74 and then d'angelo malone 82nd comes off the board he's 89th on the pff draft board right where we saw him coming off so got a lot more athletic add a lot of juice to this defense that was much needed and then you got your guy in drake london he was kind of you know we said you could go whatever type of wide receiver you want in this class you didn't we didn't think you could go wrong eight overall pulling trigger on a guy like that I just think he's a very safe bet to succeed in that offense. Did they make any trade 
trades up for these players either? I don't think so. Obviously, London, that, that was their original pick. I don't think they traded up for Ibikati. I think, I mean, they, they kind of stayed put and still grabbed. Dude, it was too, it was too tough to figure out to the <laughs> trades going in. I, I remember top of day two, I, I'm like studying the draft board prior. I'm like, okay, trying to like get it down. And then as soon as it kicked off, it was like Green Bay trades up two second rounders, another trade, and I was just gone. It was just like the order was trying to figure that out and keep that straight was a nightmare. My favorite pick of the Falcons draft is going to be Arnold Epicady of Penn State there at 38. Okay. The other, I mean, the, but it's hard not to argue that Desmond Ritter at 74 isn't a value, yes. right? I think that's going to be, I don't think they're, he's going to compete with Marcus Mariota for the starting job, but even if he sits behind Mariota, I, I, I think that's a very, very good value for the Atlanta Falcons there at 74. Yeah, I, I did, I'm go back and forth. I'll say Troy Anderson, my best, my favorite non-quarterback pick. I mean, I love the first three. I just like love all of them. But like Desmond Ritter is probably, in terms of what you could get, the best value like quite easily just throwing just love the idea of throwing darts at the quarterback position at 74 man it's just at that position in the draft I think Desmond Ritter's is I just compare him to you know quarterbacks that have gone higher historically like I liked him better than Drew Locke coming out I liked him better than Jalen Hurts coming out like the guys who have gone a lot of the early second round mid second round quarterbacks in recent years I like Ritter better than those guys. So I, I would have taken him higher. So getting him in the third is, to me, for a team that desperately needs quarterback, obviously, a fan of that pick as well. Of the 18 media outlets that did draft grades for all 32 NFL teams, the Atlanta Falcons finished tied for ninth. I thought they finished higher. Nate Davis of USA Today gave it a C-. minus. C- minus for this draft? I'm kind of stunned by that. I think they were – you must hate Drake London, right? I mean, because those other picks – our values. I don't yeah. know. Wild. Well, I, not everyone was high on Troy Anderson. Fair. But wrongly, in my opinion. <laughs> wrongly. Baltimore Ravens. This one's – everyone's giving it an A+. I'm not here on A+. I'm, I'm challenging the A+. I like A- here. I like A-. A-minus? A, A, they picked a punter. They traded up for a punter. They hit six fourth-round picks, dude. That's fair. What are you going to do with six fourth-round picks? They, one of them, they picked a player that wasn't even on PFF's board. Okay, Marion Williams fair. of Houston. Yeah. 141? Not even on our board? They did that last year in the third. So at least they waited to the fourth. I, I, punter and then taking someone completely off our board in the fourth. I, I don't know how that's an A+. Plus. I, I, a is probably more fair because I love what they did, obviously, in the first 110. Kyle Hamilton at 14. Tyler Linderbaum at 25. David Ajabo at 45. Travis Jones at 76. is one of my favorite picks of the entire draft. And then Daniel Falele at 110. Perfect for what they want to do on offense. Yeah. It's Then even Jalen Armour Davis at 119. I liked all those picks. Maybe A- minus is too harsh, but picking a punter, first punter off the board, Jordan Stout, and then Demarion Williams at 141, the Houston cornerback who wasn't even on PFF's board, it's just hard to give it an A+, plus, right? I'll settle at A, so I'm not an asshole here, but I, the, I, I think I, don't, I think A+, plus is rich. The draft is two days long, and then day three is literally only about, like, if a guy makes a shit pick on day three, whatever. I think the draft is four rounds long. I don't think it's two days long. I think round four, you can still pick up value. I think round four, there's some there's some studs. I'll say 125 picks long. So I'll say 140 picks long. Okay. <laughs> but, so uh, uh, Demarion Williams doesn't count that stuff. You, you win A-plus, obviously. Speak a to us. Yeah. I mean, my favorite pick, I'm going to go Travis Jones as my favorite pick, e even though Ojabo has the potential to be my favorite pick. It's just the Achilles, obviously, holding that one back. But Travis Jones at 76, man, I – that's past where 
Devon Hamilton got drafted. Yeah. It's a better prospect than Devon Hamilton, the Ohio State defensive tackle. Like that's a, and he goes from UConn, where not to shit too much on UConn, but like, I'm guessing he didn't get the best in terms of physical and you know, sort it's of not a coaching hot technical bet. development at UConn to Baltimore. Like, I, I just am floored that even an athlete like he is lasted that long let alone his tape being as good as it was. So There were also multiple trade downs, right, from Baltimore that yes. helped them pick up a lot of these picks, and, right? They trade down from, I think, 20 – where were – they traded down? to No, they, they were the Marquise Brown trade. That's well, right. So they didn't trade down for the first one, but then they were 23, flip with ba- Buffalo, got Linderbaum at 25. That was – they were on the side – that was obviously the value side of the Marquise Brown trade. I can't give them an A minus factoring in the Marquise Brown trade. You have to bump it up. Yeah, I think that's why it's got to be an A. It's an A at a minimum with the Marquise Brown trade, which obviously I called like excellent business for the Baltimore Mm -hmm. Ravens to trade him for a first round pick to a team that you know would give you a first round pick and keeping it under wraps for as long as they did. Apparently after his second season, he was talking about potentially wanting to get traded. Then after his third season, he's like, no, I really want to get traded. You get him to the Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray. You get the 23rd overall pick. You trade down when Buffalo comes up for Kyler. Elam, and you still get Tyler Linderbaum, the consensus best center, the consensus best safety. You get David Ajabo, who arguably could be a first-round talent if he didn't tear his Achilles mm-hmm. at his pro day. Travis Jones, who went after Fedarian Mathis, which is still absolutely insane. We'll get to the Washington Commanders draft. This was a slam dunk. You're right. This was a slam dunk. And I like the Daniel Falele pick. Jordan Stout, I don't want to poop on the Jordan Stout pick because you pick a punter and fourth, whatever. Jordan Stout a lit punter. was a fantastic punter at Penn State. And people who are betting Matt Ariza, San Diego State, which I know, I'm an alum. I was a big Ariza guy. People who are betting him, though, minus 400 to be the first punter off the board were high. Jordan Stout had 36 punts in between the 30s. So you're ruling out punts that are deep in their own end. Mm-hmm. 83% were downed inside the 20. 53% downed inside the 10. He, he was the best. Coffin corner. Well, just red zone punter. Red zone punter. Yeah. Touchback only on 6% of those punts, Mike. You compare that to Ariza, 29% of Ariza's punts were touchbacks in he that area. Let's it loose. No, no control. No control. He's like, a, he's like, a, it's like drafting Tiger Woods. No, wait. Who's a good short game player? Steve Stricker versus uh, a long drive driver. I don't know any golfer okay. outside of Tiger right. Woods. Stricker, I hardly know her, you know? And the, East, the Ravens also picked up Tyler Beatty out of Missouri in round seven. Around six, 196. I like Beatty. Beatty in round six? Let's go. I'm going A. I'm not going A plus because of the punter and the Demarion Williams pick, but yeah. the Marquis Brown, all that stuff was fantastic. Everyone and their mother. You know what to say? Yeah. Uh, I was saying, save your likes. Everyone who tweets about the Ravens draft because they just picked everyone's, you know, they just yeah. went down the, like, they literally went down the consensus board. And they are the exact, you know, draft grades, all draft grades are, I, I've come to this realization, all draft grades are is teams not shitting the bed. Like, if you just don't pick, massive consensus reaches you're gonna get an a from every team because it doesn't matter like even with the like raiders draft they didn't have a first or second round pick but they didn't pick consensus massive reaches reaches and you know everyone's like oh it's pretty good draft all you have to do is just not be a disaster that's it all right buffalo bills they trade up from 25 to 23 they grab kyrie elam that video that's gone viral is incredible it's exactly why i do the interviews where he shows that notebook of all the notes he takes after that was awesome i didn't take any notes in college Maybe that's why. Maybe that's, <laughs> that's why you didn't get drafted. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo Bills then grabbed James Cook at 63 in the second round. So back end of the second round is where you start to feel good about this running back class anyway. 63 is literally the second to last pick of the second round. I'm not going to poo-poo a running back in the second round there. Yeah. Terrell Bernard, 
Baylor linebacker at 89, and after that, that was those were the only three top 100 picks, but they got Matt Ariza. They got Khalil Shakir, who I know a lot of people like. Luke Tenuta in round six, I think it's worth it. This was a really good draft by the Buffalo Bills as well. I, I was a huge fan of it. Yeah, I, I like this draft. Now, B-plus because it's the thing is, I want B-plus, even though I really like the players, James Cook, Terrell Bernard, but... A little bit earlier than where they were just, on the board. Yeah, just earlier than where they were on the board, and that's a positional value argument more so than, you know talent argument i think they're both fantastic players i think james cook is what that offense was missing so 63 overall sure maybe it's early wow just punch my mic maybe it's early but <laughs> that's a that's a level of dynamism you weren't finding anywhere else that's why he was rb4 in the pff board also very complimentary to what they have in zach moss and devin singletary yes. and they did it you know i'm, I'm leaning exactly. b plus two part of me is leaning it because they didn't go running back in the first you know, they went Kyra Elam, who I think is a fantastic cornerback. Yeah, and trading up just a couple spots to go get him, I don't think they gave up much. I think it was an outside top 100 pick. Uh, I think it was phenomenal draft for the Buffalo Bills. I like B-plus as well. Yeah. Carolina Panthers. Or what was your favorite pick? I think Elam was mine. Let's see. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll lean Elam. Christian Benford. Uh, I'm excited to see what he does there. They've obviously done well to develop lower-drafted corners, which is why they haven't drafted another one high-ass since for Davis White. So I'm curious to see the Villanova corner, big, very good ball skills, ton of ball production. I loved this game against uh, Penn State this past year. I think that was the only uh, Power 5 team or Power 5 or FBS team he played. But, yeah, I'm a fan of that pick. Panthers, we have an interesting draft. They go Iki Aquano at six, which I think everyone loves. Everyone loved Iki Aquano. Mm -hmm. they knew, we knew they were going to go offensive lineman. Oh, no. Who put in the draft grades article on PFF.com that Aki Aquan was a guard? That's some low – that's low-grade stuff right there. That's pooping on the Panthers. There. Where? It's in the, the draft grades article. I'm looking at it. It says G, Aki Aquanu. Oh, it's right next to his that's name. That's shade. Okay. That's shade. He's tackle. He's a tackle. he played some guard. At, that he played there. tackle most recently. Yeah. And then – so they trade back into the third round. Uh, a future third, I think, is what they gave up and something else. For Matt Corral of Mississippi, who fell all the way to 94 in this draft. After that, Brandon Smith of Penn State, I thought was one of their value picks. Maybe my favorite pick of their of their draft, if you don't count A.K. Quano, which I think was a layup. Um, even Kalen Barnes, track star uh, out of Baylor at 242. Obviously a Matt Rule guy. I, I like that pick as well. Um, How about the report from Rappaport on Matt Corral? That I didn't actually get to see live, obviously. It I was, was absurd. It was absurd. But. He literally, after he gets drafted, he's like, yeah, there's some concerns with Matt Corral. He's, you know, an alcoholic, essentially, and some alcohol-related alcohol issues, which I don't know what those are. And he's like, he's also do, oh, dealing, he's a college student? <laughs> he's also dealing with depression. What, what, really, oh, it was just was, a scouting yeah. report for me. You know, I'm also an alcoholic with alcohol-related issues and depression, and you don't see me crying about it. No, but Matt Corral, man, that, uh, that report from Rapport sucked. Yeah. You hate to see that come out. It doesn't have to come out. You know, it's like, hey, reason Matt Corral fell? Not really sure. Oh, he has, well, he's talked about his depression issues. Like that's been like a public thing. The alcoholism thing. What? What? I mean, it's the alcohol-related issues for yeah. me. What is that? Is that tackling a cop like Baker Mayfield did in Oklahoma? What's the alcohol-related issues? Is it not getting any women at the bar? That's mine. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my alcohol-related issues. I'm I'm skipping that one. Um, anyway, th this draft specifically, I don't think giving up what they did to get back into the third for Matt Crowell is bad value. You're taking a quarterback, right? You're swinging on a quarterback. And then you even come out and say, 
before Rappaport like completely dragged him across the coals, said the Carolina Panthers had him as the quarterback one in this class over everyone. So them getting their quarterback one at 94, obviously impressive. And Brandon Smith, we've talked about him a handful of times, a Penn State off-ball linebacker, insane athlete, good length too, I believe, but just hasn't played the linebacker position mm. well yet. And, and I think that's worth betting on at 120. Yeah, I, I truthfully am surprised he fell that far because true junior coming out and just insane athlete. Like, man, it really, from like a testing perspective, like he could play safety. He's an athletic safety, and he's 250 pounds. So surprised that, I mean, yes, a lot of his actual playing of the game of football needs work. But So, so the draft grades on Panthers is absurd. We gave them an A. Okay. We were one of four outlets to give them higher than a B. But like, if you are, in my opinion, draft grades and draft capital have a .7 correlation. Like the, That's people, the thing. Is every, as I tried not to do that. Yeah, we did a good job of that, in my opinion. Yeah. Like with the Panthers – they were never going to – Iki Aquanu was as ideal a situation. You got to pick the top tackle. That's – I mean, and they got one of them. That's a great pick. Like and people, then you got Matt Corral at 94 when, you know, I wasn't even high in Matt Corral, and I would have taken him away before that. So that one – and then I like Brand Smith, and then, you know, Matt Rule is going to Matt Rule at the fastest edge and the fastest corner on day three. I mean, you look at – we're going to talk about the Raiders, but the Raiders, we were, we were top three in how high a grade we gave him. We gave him B+. Yeah. People giving Raiders like C's and D's like doesn't make any sense. It's like, dude, they didn't have any picks. Yeah. And like, uh, it doesn't... so people like most draft grades. I feel like just are hall based. Yeah, it's like a, it's if you go, it's like free agency. It's like if you go out and spend two hundred million dollars of free agency, you're gonna get better. Did you get value? Probably not. You know, well, we, that's why we didn't like what the Patriots did last year. It's why we didn't like what the Jaguars did this year. Like, did you? Is it worth? Yeah. It no, probably not. And this with the Panthers, like those were all value picks, one, two, three. So that's an A. I'm, I'm giving Carolina Panthers an A, and my yeah. favorite pick is Matt Corral because he's one of us. He is one of us. All right, Chicago Bears. They picked a lot, but most they had. I think they had what? How many from round five to round seven? They had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They had eight picks from round five to round seven. They kept trading back. Their only three top 100 picks were Kyler Gordon cornerback from Washington, who a lot of people liked. Yeah. And Jaquan Brisker at 48, the Penn State safety. Their two second-round picks were both spent on defense. Mm -hmm. And then they grabbed a 25-year-old receiver in Velas Jones Jr. from Tennessee. The only – Velas Jones Jr.'s production profile is heinous. His athletic profile is, is middling, and then his age profile is concerning. And you pick him at 71, first only offensive pick that you had in the first 100 picks – that I did not love their first three picks. Defensively, Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker are both really good players. But the number one concern right now is what are you putting around Justin Fields to have any level of success? I, I, I did not like this draft. I did not go C range because I like Gordon and Brisker as prospects. And I think they did a good job of throwing darts at offensive linemen on day three with Braxton Jones of Southern Utah, Zachary Thomas, San Diego State. Then they grabbed Jader Carter of Southern University. Like I like the dart throws they had on day three. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to get into the C range, but it's a B minus for me because the 39 48 overall pick, in my opinion, needed to be spent on offense. I I'm going to look at who is available there and maybe where it would have gone. Yeah. So Valus Jones, my least favorite pick that, that one, he's about to turn 25. He never had more than 300 yards receiving in his first five years of collegiate football. <laughs> he ran a four, three, one. Yes. But then he had a four five one short shuttle and a seven three two three cone, which are 
awful numbers for a wide receiver coming out like bottom 10 percentile um and he drafted him 71st overall man that's a premium pick so that, that and that's like all you did for justin fields you know that like that was your only addition for justin fields now like gordon like brisker brisker is going to be my favorite pick there i think he's perfect for what they want to do defensively you got your like defensive leader dominique robinson the fifth i think he might actually make an impact i mean he could be their next Travis Gibson and I like the Braxton Jones pick but not he's probably not starting for you right away if anyone's gonna start for you right away in this day three it's probably Zachary Thomas at guard the San Diego State tackle so I like their day three but man they are hanging Justin Fields out to dry straight up he's got the worst situation of any of the year two quarterbacks easily maybe of any quarterback in the NFL in terms of just the surrounding talent because you have sure their offensive line could be good but you're banking on a lot of guys to take a big step forward in year two, year three, whatever, young guys on that roster. Now, they could go out and sign. I hope they do go out and sign some offensive line help because there is still some available. But my Lord, at the moment, as it stands, it's bad. And right now, the Bears over under on the season is seven. And I'm smearing the under. Like, I, I do not think they're winning seven games next year. I don't. Like, the, the, not because Justin Fields isn't good. Not because not because anything outside of just like this supporting cast is heinous Equinemius St. Brown Byron Pringle Darnell Mooney and Vilas Jones Jr. are your top four receivers and then you have David Moore Daz Newsome Isaiah Coulter in the mix but like that's not good like that's and then you go to the offensive line Tevin Jenkins year two but needs to stay healthy you have Patrick Lucas at center Dakota Dozier at uh, right guard Larry Borum at right tackle I, I don't like the offensive line D defensively, you've had, done a lot in the secondary, and I think they've built well there. Tavon Young in the slot is great. They still have Eddie Jackson, Jalen Johnson. Then you bring in Brisker and Kyler Gordon. Defense is going to be solid. You lose Khalil Mack, though. Still have Robert Griff. I don't know. I, I, I'm concerned with what the Bears have done offensively to support Justin Fields. Didn't do a lot in free agency in the offensive line, and then they didn't do a lot in the draft. That has to be, has to be concerning. I'm yeah. sma smashing the under for the Buffalo, I mean, Buffalo, Chicago Bears there at seven. All right. And what I would have done instead of Gordon Brisker, Velas Jones, I probably would have gone John Mechie, Bernard Ryman, and then maybe even take another offensive lineman like Luke Gedeke or something. Like just, just I would have spent more on offense. I would have spent more on offense. Yeah, at seventy-one, they, they could have, they could have drafted like Bernard Ryman. Maybe he's off their board, but like they could have gone different routes. They could have gone Jalen Tolbert instead of yeah Bayless Tolbert. Jones. If they didn't want to go like Calvin Austin or something, they wanted Dylan to go Parham big instead. Cincinnati Bengals, we gave them a B-plus draft. At 31, Daxon Hill, safety from Michigan. You have a take that he might play outside corner there. Then at 60, Cam Taylor-Britt, uh, super athletic cornerback out of Nebraska. At 95, Zachary Carter, probably my least favorite pick of those top 100. Yeah, that one Did was, not like Zachary Carter. That was weird. Did like, however, the Cordell Volson pick, North Dakota mm -hmm. State offensive lineman at 136. And then Tyson Anderson of Toledo at 166. He was one of my favorite day three guys. The, he's a pretty athletic, explosive safety coming out of Toledo. And then their 252 was Jeffrey Gunter. We just met her, Coastal Carolina. I, I, I like I like, I like their draft. I wouldn't give it an A per se. I, I think it, Daxon Hill was right where we would have picked him, but Cam Taylor Britt, maybe not. And then I did not like the Zachary Carter pick. Yeah, the... Zachary Carter pick probably my least favorite. I mean, quite easily my least favorite. He, he's just a tweener with low-end athleticism for whatever position you want to profile him to. The other two, though, the top two picks I loved, just in terms of team-building strategy. They are 
creating a deep, flexible secondary. They, they versatile versatility. They they can match up with now the Browns in their division, the Chiefs in the playoffs, the Bills in the playoffs, Chargers in the playoffs. They have answers for whatever because of how many guys they have in that secondary right now. So love that. Now they didn't get great, you know, board value. You know, thirty-one Jackson Hill was thirty-seventh on our board. Ken Taylor at sixty was sixty-fifth on our board. So that's not like getting surplus value, but you don't always have to. <laughs> you know, like the, we're still saying those are damn good players, football players that they're getting at both of those at positions that are going to impact football game heavily. So I am a big fan of what the Bengals did just outside of Zach Carpick. That one was weird. Awful. They just, it just felt like they were like, oh, we needed three tech. We lost Ogunjobi. Let's get a three tech, even if Carter's not really like your ideal three tech. Favorite pick, Daxton Hill. Least favorite pick, Zachary Carter. I give them officially a B plus Cincinnati Bengals. I had a. I think Cam Taylor Britt's my favorite. Oh. Uh, we had a. Remember on the last mailbag podcast, someone's, someone's mailbag question, his name was Joey Pepperoni. And that got us on the tear of like, what yeah. would you name a strip, club, name a strip club, club that also sold pizza? Next challenge I have. What would you name a strip club that also had a top golf opportunity? Well, so like it's a top golf strip club combination. I've, I I think for the male strip club, isn't there a uh, a club called a Five Wood or what is it? Yeah, Five Wood's a thing. I think a Five Wood for the male version is good. But I'm asking the YouTube chat who's following along live, give us your best top golf combination strip club names. We'll keep going. Cleveland Browns. It's gonna be a weekly. We're naming. It's gonna be a weekly. We're gonna be naming strip club combinations weekly. The last last time we did it, the chat was buzzing. Yeah. It came up with meat lovers, and what was the female version? Oh, I, can't I can't remember it now. It was good though. <laughs> uh, Cleveland Browns. Oh, toppings. I think toppings is just kind of solid. All right, Cleveland Browns. They did not have a first or second round pick. They go round three. Martin Emerson, Mississippi State, uh, at 68, 78. They grab Alex Wright, UAB Edge. 99, they grab wide receiver David Bell. Perrin Winfrey at the top of day three out of Oklahoma. Jerome Ford at 156. Cade York at 124. Michael Woods, the second of Oklahoma, the receiver at 202. Isaiah Thomas, another Oklahoma. They drafted three Oklahoma players. Isaiah Thomas, the edge from Oklahoma. And then Dawson Deaton, center from Texas Tech at 246. We gave this grade a solid B. Um, they obviously did not have a lot of high-end capital after training for Deshaun Watson. My favorite pick is probably Winfrey. I like Winfrey at 108. I thought that's good value. Mm -hmm. him, him going after some of the defensive tackles that were taken on day two, I thought was a little ridiculous. Now, they still need help in run defense, right? And Winfrey's not going to be that run defender. Yeah. And I know a lot of people also like the David Bell pick more than I do. I'm not a huge fan of David Bell, but um, Winfrey for me was a solid pick. I, you could maybe argue B minus here based on, I don't think they ever took like consensus steals, right? Maybe that's, outside yeah. of Winfrey, but I, I think B is fine for what they did. Yeah, no massive reach. No massive steal, though. So mm -hmm. Winfrey, I'm trying to think. Alex Wright's probably my favorite pick. I think he's got something there. You know, elite grade at UAB this past season as a true junior coming out and a ridiculous frame. You know, six foot seven, 270. The guy is long and powerful at a young age. Excited to see what he can develop on that defensive line. But again, I don't think they fixed kind of any need i guess they went they probably wet david bell because he's nfl ready despite you know maybe that nfl readiness not being that valuable and not impactful but i think he can start for you right away and at 99 overall i'll take that e even if it's not necessarily going to be you know, look like the 
rookie wide receivers where he's getting, you know, a thousand yards, yeah. you know, having a monster season, but he can fill a role for you right away. And is very talented in terms of just like being an actual wide receiver if he's not dynamic athletically. So solid draft, but they still, their run D still need some help on that defensive tackle position. I wouldn't be surprised if they go sign some guys. Cleveland Browns officially be my favorite pick, Perrion Winfrey. I don't know what my least favorite pick is. I mean, Emerson at 68, we had him lower down the board. Maybe you say that one, but I mean, none of the picks like were disgusting, right? Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't grossed out by any of the picks. YouTube chat is absolutely buzzing on the, the golf stripper club combination. Favorite so far, hole in one and birdies. Birdies is birdies, good. Yeah. Birdies is really good. Yeah. Let's keep thinking though. We can get better. Like and don't, we don't have to do five wood for the male version. It could be better than that. Five wood, though, I think is perfect. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. Some people hated this draft. I, 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 so if you did not like Tyler Smith in the pre-draft process, you're going to hate this draft. So we go Tyler Smith at 24. Did you see Bob Sturm, the Dallas radio guy, said he'd retire if they drafted Tyler Smith? No way, really? He's not, but, I mean, retire, he's not going to retire, yeah, yeah. but he said that. I was surprised. I mean, I get why Tyler Smith's polarizing, but I like him a lot. I like that pick. Obviously, Jerry Jones did, too. So he was the number one player on his board. Yeah. According to the media and him showing out all the media. The other thing that so the Tyler Smith did a press conference after he was drafted and he was like, people got opinions. All the media has got opinions. And you know what I say about opinions is uh, they're like buttholes. Everyone has one. It was incredible. <laughs> Tyler Smith coming for people's throats. Uh, what? Uh, Sam Williams, edge Mississippi state at 56. Did he all. actually say they like buttholes? Yeah. He said, he said, opinions are like buttholes. Everyone has one. It was incredible. Um, he first throws up the board again. Dude. This guy can't <laughs> stop rising. Tyler Smith at 24. Uh, the Tulsa offensive tackle, obviously, the buttholes. Uh, round two, 56. Edge, Sam Williams, Mississippi State. Really good first step. I did not like Ed, Sam Williams as much as other people did on tape, but the yeah. athlete is there. Jalen Tolbert, South Alabama. I thought the best receiver at the Senior Bowl. I think he went way too late. Be comps very mm -hmm. well to Michael Gallup. Uh, I don't know. It, it's not as complimentary as maybe you'd want it to be, but still, I like Jalen Tolbert a lot, especially at 88. And then after that, their day three picks, their highlights. Uh, you know, they grab uh, Matt Willetsko, the tackle from North Dakota State. Jake Ferguson, the tight end from Wisconsin. Uh, I know you kind of liked Deron Bland, the Fresno State corner. Yeah. And then Damone Clark, who's got the spinal fusion surgery mm -hmm. that threw him down boards at 176. Has to feel like value, even if he takes a redshirt year. John Ridgway, I wrote up the for the draft tracker on PFF.com. So John Ridgway literally can't move, but he is big. And uh, taking him at 178 maybe is a value. Um, really? And then Devin Harper, Oklahoma State, the linebacker there at 193. We gave him a B plus. I think there are a lot of people who are lower than that because they don't like Tyler Smith and not super high on Sam Williams. I, I, I'm fine if you want to give this a lower grade, though. I mean, Tyler Smith is is, is a, not necessarily a project offensive tackle, but he need, does need to get a lot better in the NFL. He's a young player. I, I think B to B plus is the right range. Fun fact about Ridgeway. He's probably, I think, from looking through – Grew up the closest to me of any of these prospects in this draft. That's a great fact. Bloomington's from like 15 minutes away from where I grew up. So there you have it. No one cares. ISU guy, transferred to Arkansas. <laughs> but their fifth round I love. They had the best fifth round of any team in the NFL. I'm saying it right now. Dallas Cowboys, best fifth round of any team in the NFL. Quote graphic. Love. Matt, well, let's go. I, this guy's – you don't see guys as big as he is move as well as he does every day. He was the most athletic day three tackle or the best athlete at the position drafted on day three. That's like t from a tools perspective. Now, playing the game of football, another thing right now. But he's a developmental guy. Deron Bland, I think, can actually like play a role. Like I'd actually – he's going to jump Nation right tomorrow on their depth chart. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying a lot, though. But 
probably my least favorite is probably Sam Williams. Just yeah. 56 was rich for me, but he's he's like a one-trick speed rusher guy, which you want it. You want that to replace Randy Gregory? By all means. He, he was that guy in this draft. So I don't hate, I don't even hate that too much. I like this draft. Jalen Tolbert's probably my favorite pick. That was a monster steal. That's, oh, he's just going to be, he's going to be so good there. He's just going to be so good there. And there's high expectations for this Cowboys team. You know, 10 and a half is where their win total currently sits. A favorite to win their own division at minus 110. Um, you know, Dak Prescott obviously has to be a lot better than he was towards the back half of last season. And even though they lost a lot, right? Randy Gregory, Lael Collins, uh, Amari Cooper, Cedric Wilson, they're going to need to, they, they're, they're still high expectations for this yep. team. So uh, this draft class, What's interesting is like Sam Williams, I think, still needs to develop. Tyler Smith still needs to develop. I think Tolbert can start right away. Yeah. And like you, you like Bland and whatever. But to get Smith and Williams at the top, and I like Tyler Smith, it's not, I don't think it's going to happen. Tyler Smith is not going to be the highest grade rookie offensive lineman next year. No way. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> no, he's just, he is a project. That's for sure. All right. Next is the Denver Broncos. Oh, a couple other strip club names as they've come through. Um, Chip and Tails. Okay. That's not terrible. Yeah. Um, swingers. That's solid swingers i like swingers it'd probably be a female male strip club a little combination piece <laughs> i didn't see anything else john daly's strip club that's ass <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> that's not creative come on the tailgaters need to be better than that Denver broncos no first round pick they obviously traded for russell wilson um round two they grabbed nick benito the last pick of round two i like benito a lot uh, when we talked about him on this podcast, he's, you know, designated pass rusher right away. Is he going to play run defense at, you know, how light he is? Probably not. But he could be, you know, some teams want him an off-ball linebacker. Maybe he does some of that for for Denver. I like that for a lot for Benito. Uh, Greg Dulcich, UCLA tight end at 80. Those are their two only top 100 picks. They had a lot on day three, though. Damari Mathis, cornerback from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, they grabbed Luke Wattenberg, Washington, who's got crazy long arms for an interior offensive lineman. I, I, I liked their draft. I think Benito and Dulcich for what they what the picks that they had, and then you factor in also trading for Russell Wilson. I think this is a solid B plus draft. My favorite pick probably is the Benito pick at sixty four. Yeah, I like the Benito pick at sixty four for sure. And I think Yoma Wazirike, Iowa State DT, mm-hmm. and Matt Henningsen, I think are perfect for that defense. You got two good, two gapping run defenders. That, you know, that's where we say draft two gapping run defenders. Don't draft them with top fifty picks like Terry Mathis. You know, like you can get guys who are comparable in that skill set and now maybe are they going to be pass rushers probably not but they're comparable in that skill set and that's late in the draft and they can actually make an impact for your team so i like those two picks really like benito seth hammered home the does russell wilson use tight ends probably enough to justify a pick probably not but greg dulcich is a damn good tight end you know he was quite clearly tight end two for me in this class so not arguing with that solid draft b plus b plus i'm with you favorite pick dick benito least favorite pick I don't know. I mean, wasn't super high on Turner Yell coming out, but I mean, it's mm-hmm. 152. You're just throwing darts. I don't know if I have a least favorite pick. I don't have a least favorite pick. Detroit Lions. The YouTube chat has been clamoring for the Detroit Lions. Let's We're go. going alphabetical. We're going I in. I, it's an A plus draft. A plus draft. It's easy, 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 easy A plus draft for the Detroit Lions. They grab Aiden Hutchinson, the number one overall player on PFS draft board, also a podcast co host of mine. Go check out Hutch wherever you get your podcasts. You did a podcast with him? I did. I think so. I think so. It's four episodes. Pretty fucking heat. Uh, oh, that's the other thing. I swore a storm on the Kyler Murray or on the Cardinals trading Marquise Brown on the last. I got a, St. Jude's is getting a nice hundred dollar cash mm. from me after this podcast. Um, Aiden Hutchinson, fun fact, doesn't follow you on Twitter. He does not follow me on Twitter. Aiden, <laughs> what the hell, dude? You're ruining my cred. 
Aiden Hutchinson doesn't follow me on Twitter. His mom follows me on IG, though. Wide receiver, Jameson Williams of Alabama. They trade up from 32 to 12 and did not give up a lot. Like, they did not give up a lot. I've hammered this point home, but they did not give up a lot to trade up from 32 to 12. They did not. Only the 34th overall pick, and they trade up from 32 to 12 and 66 to 46. That, I thought, was good business, especially when you consider how unique Jamison Williams' talent is. And we've been mm -hmm. on this conversation around wide receivers are more valuable, wide receivers are more valuable. Movement skills, like Jamison Williams, is what's valuable. And he has good size. I know the 178 pounds is not real. Like, he played last year, he said, at 190, 195. Like, if that's what he plays at, 195 with that speed, that's money. Trading up to 12 is great. We love Josh Pascal coming out of Kentucky at 46. I think that's a value. Kirby Joseph, we also really like great ball skills, great length for the safety position. And I even liked some of their late day three picks. James Mitchell, Virginia Tech. Malcolm Rodriguez, Oklahoma State. Chase Lucas, quarterback, Arizona State. Like, this was a really, really good draft for the Detroit Lions. They, in my opinion, are on the rise. I don't think they're deep postseason contenders next year. I don't think they're going to be Super Bowl competitive next year. Mm -hmm. But I think they're a year out if they can hit home at the quarterback position in a 2023 draft where there is a lot of quarterback talent. This Detroit Lions team, when you factor in two, what they have that no losing team has right now at all is buy-in into their head coach and into their culture. And that is going to show up when they actually have the talent. And I think they're finally adding it. This is a franchise-defining draft, in my opinion. This is going to quite literally turn around the franchise. And just, just like looking at this with Aiden, with Jamison Williams, and then even Josh Pascal at 46, like the impact those guys could make. You know, the swings at valuable positions like that, just compared to the Bob Quinn here. When you go 2017, they went linebacker Jared Davis, cornerback Tease Tabor was the most unathletic cornerback in that draft. Just like you're capped in the impact of those guys. Next year, Frank Ragnow in the first. Love Frank Ragnow. He's a center. Carrion Johnson, a running back, top of the second. Next year, TJ Hawkinson, a tight end, top 10. Compared to Jameson Williams at 12. And Jelani Tavai in the second round. Another off-ball, slow linebacker. Like the, the impact you could have been getting from those picks was so minimal. Whereas the impact you can get from guys like Aiden Hutchinson, Jameson Williams, Josh Pascal is through the roof. This this. This was a different Lions team. Now, still need to figure out the quarterback. That's still a TBD. But, Which is fine. But I've said that this, is not, this was not the draft, as evidenced by so many teams agreeing with them, to find your franchise quarterback. Their win total for next year is set at six, with juice on the over. Some people liking them to win maybe seven games next year, seven-plus games next year. But even if they win, say they win six games or five games, that sets them up so well to be involved in this you know, 2023 draft class. I am excited to see the future of the Detroit Lions. All right, we are cruising down. A couple other names have come through the YouTube chat. Caddy crack is terrible. That's just yeah. terrible. And then the, the next one is tease off. It's not okay. well, just a top, if it was just like a topless bar. Yeah. Aren't those a thing? <laughs> tease, off. tease off. All right, Green Bay Packers. You gave this draft a B plus, and honestly, I think that's the most I've ever seen you leverage your shareholder card. Because this is it not should a, be higher. Come on, look at their day three. All right, day look two. At, look day, at how many top hundred picks they got. Give me a second. Your top hundred guys in the PFF board. They give got. me a second. Give me a second. Quay Walker, linebacker, Georgia. You said that pick was solid. I did not love the pick. I think there's more value to be had at twenty two. At twenty eight, though, they grabbed Devontae Wyatt, top twenty player on PFF's draft board. Love to see it. Check awesome. cash. Christian Watson. They traded the fifty three and fifty ninth overall pick to go get Christian Watson. Two that second round tough. picks. That was tough. To go get Christian Watson made no sense to me. 
I did not understand that. I'm lower on Christian Watson than the consensus was, but still. To give up 53 and 59 doesn't make a lot of sense. I like the Sean Ryan pick at 92. Romeo Dubs at 132 is a value. Then that was an elite, back-to-back elite picks in Zach Tom and Kingsley and Agbari. I thought Tariq Carpenter, too, was solid. Rasheed Walker, where he got him at, at 249, was solid. So maybe B-plus. I think B-plus is, is fair. A-minus would be ridiculous. Yeah. With the trade-up for Christian Watson the and then Quay Walker being play. a bit overdrafted, I Quay think— Quay Walker's high floor, though. In that scheme, he's solid. So Okay. okay. I still think, though— that I would have gone B, Devin Lloyd. I think B-plus is fine. I think B-plus yeah. is where it should be. I really like the Zach Tom pick, one of my favorite picks of day three. Really like the Kingsley and Agbury pick in round six. Um— and even Romeo Dubs, who I did not like at the Senior Bowl. Like, I don't think he's flashed by any means. Mm-hmm. But getting a receiver there, I think, is solid. Yeah, I, I, I like Romeo Dubs. I mean, t- just purely based off of tape, I, I think he's a better receiver at the moment than Christian Watson. Obviously, Christian Watson, you're betting on tools and has far better tools. But I, I do think his tape at Nevada was just better at the little things of playing the wide receiver position than Christian Watson at the moment. Now, again, you're not drafting for at the moment. So... Fan of that pick. The Zach Tom one is electric. I think he's going to be your swing tackle to tackle replacement for, you know, when whoever does. You know, if they can't resign Elkin Jenkins, if David or David Bakhtiari doesn't come back healthy, that's that guy. And then Kings and Egg Bree gets to learn from Preston Smith, who they're like nearly identical from that's a, a build great perspective. Take, yeah. They are like, that's the same guy in terms of skill set. So, love all those picks. My favorite one, though, has to be Devontae Wyatt. That's a guy talent wise. Obviously, I, we talked about why he fell, but like talent wise, is a much better prospect than that in this draft, and could hit the ground running at the NFL level. So they got a lot better defensively. This is a this is a damn good defense now. Yeah, you know, still worried about. I, I, I really like the draft in hindsight. I was gonna say maybe go down to a B, but Devontae White pick I love. I like the Zach Tom and Kingsley and Agbari picks. Um, and, and honestly, with Quay Walker, your cop for him was Devondre Campbell. Right. And like drafting players that you know fit into the defense that you're running and even having models, you know, role models there that can, you know, work them up, I think is is fantastic. And Sean Ryan, that guy has tools for yes. O line. To go with Adam Stenovich with how well they've yeah, the UCLA tackle in third, with how well they developed, that's that's don't be surprised if he turns out to be a damn good guard. <sighs> Latest one from the YouTube chat. Grip it and rip it. That's solid. Maybe for the male one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Houston Texans. Houston Texans. Derek Singley Jr. at three. Loved. Kenyon Green. Did not like. And I wasn't willing to say it. I was on day one of the draft show, and the boss was like, I love Kenyon Green, top 15 pick. I wasn't going to go toe-to-toe with Chris. I was like, yeah, Chris, agreed. No, I don't really like Kenyon Green pick. That was overdrafted. I don't I think Kenyon Green was that's a top what, 15 player. That's what limited this draft grade, but I love the other picks. So they go Jalen Petrie, which I loved. Stingley, Petrie, Mechie, Harris. And then even Damian Pierce at the top of round four. I, this was a good draft. I, I think B plus is fair though, because I don't like the Kenyon Green pick. I don't mm-hmm. think that was a. I don't think that was the value. Now they did trade down right from thirteen to fifteen, um, so you get some value there. But still, I, I don't think Kenyon Green yeah. was the top fifteen player in this draft. So I, I can't. It was my least favorite pick. My favorite pick was probably Stingley at three. Yeah, and if you wanted like a guard tackle versatile guy, I thought both Zion Johnson and Tyler Smith were better options. Maybe he's a little more advanced than Tyler Smith, but. That's how. That's the one holding back. And then Stingley, I love that pick. I think that's going to be my favorite pick just because it's two on PFF draft board, get him at three. And just the process behind just identifying talent and saying, you know, I'm going to believe, and I believe. Matt G1, that's where he goes. That's where he's on the board if he doesn't tear his ACL. So 
do you have inside intel that's like obviously they do in terms of his injury and rehab sure by all means that's that's fine yeah even i don't even hit, hate the christian harris pick at 75 i thought he was going to go higher than that so fine with that there b plus officially for me for the houston texans like i said stingley petrie love those selections and mechie and harris where they got him i think was fine Kenyon green just slightly overdrafted and and not even to the point where like oh my god Kenyon green it's not like cole strange levels of reach here like mm-hmm. he was a consensus top 35 player right i mean he might even have been top 32 on the consensus board yeah. so not an aggressive reach i'm just not a huge fan of it so i can't be overconfident in my own evaluation of green you still have to respect where the houston texans got him i think b plus is a good is a good piece for them indianapolis colts i think arguably could be lower really because the first line mm-hmm. of the draft grades article the colts trade away the first round pick is part of the carson Wentz trade last true year. Like, yeah you like, know like you didn't have a first round pick last year this year because you shit the bed and traded for carson wentz that needs to be factored in here. That does. That needs That's to be true. factored in. That's I true. would go down to – it's a B-plus on the article. I like Alec Pierce. I think Jelani Woods at 73 is great. Bernard Ryman was one of the elite grades we gave on day two. Nick Cross, phenomenal at 96. Curtis Brooks at 216. The defense tackle from Cincinnati. Love all those. But you did not have a first-round pick this year because you bet on a player that stinks. <laughs> I think you could go B. I'm going to go from B-plus to B. Uh, I'm staying B because Carson Wentz needs to wear some of this. So here, look at it this way. that They then <laughs> traded Way Wentz for one of those thirds, and it was Bernard Raymond was the third. So that's Bernard Raymond is a going first. That's Bernard Raymond is a first. You would have said, that's cool. We would like that pick. So I'm going B. I'm still going B. B-plus is too yeah. rich. Ballard needs, to, Ballard needs to wake up here. Yeah. He, he, if we just keep giving Ballard this confidence, he's going to keep you know he's going to slip up sometimes. I think B, B is fine for the Colts. Yeah, I, I like Raymond's obviously my favorite pick. My least favorite is going to be Alec Pierce. I I, I just he's such a one trick guy. I just don't see him ever becoming more than pure go balls. And not a lot of guys can get by it just that in the NFL. I don't know. I just think he's a limited receiver. And that pick fifty three was a was their first pick. It was a pretty premium pick. So I, I just that's the only one. Now he could prove me wrong. It could be a monster, but I just lower on him. Favorite pick, Bernard Ryman at 77, obviously. I also really like the Nick Cross pick at, at 96. He still has to learn the safety position, but man can fly. And I think yeah, that's that's tools. solid enough, right? And Curtis Brooks, too, at 216. Curtis Brooks is a great pick. Staying at B, though. Staying at B. Chris Ballard got to be better. Jacksonville Jaguars. Or update on the par 69 and the sand trap. Mm, I like par 69. Par 69. <laughs> can you not par grin six, like that when you par say Par 69 is a good – it's a good – it's out the box. All right. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. We're not going to like this draft. They drafted our 12th best, no, the 12th ranked player on our board at one, right? And Trayvon Walker, we've talked about a thousand times, right? We don't have to freaking beat it in. We did not think Trayvon Walker was better than Aiden Hutchinson. We did not think Trayvon Walker was better than Kayvon Thibodeau, right? Trayvon Walker was the number one overall. It's going to be very difficult to come away with this draft in the B range. Devin Lloyd, too, they trade back up into the first round to go get Devin Lloyd, who is a great player. PFF's LB1, but yeah. still a low value position. Then they grab Luke Fortner at 65, who we did not even have over his teammate, Darian Kennard. He's a center, low-value position. Then you draft another linebacker, Chad Muma, at 70. Low-value position, probably where we take him off the board. But when you think about it from a process standpoint, you make Foye Luikin a top five, top five paid linebacker. Mm-hmm. You trade up into the first round, back into the first round for Devin Lloyd. And then you grab Chad Muma at 70. That's just, you don't even play that many linebackers. Yeah, honestly, I went C+. Plus, and I think I should have gone lower. I think solid just because C. they had. I did such not a, like the Snoop Connor pick. I didn't like the Gregory Jr. pick. This was they came in with so much draft capital, and such a premium, such premium spots to get talent, and they got one pick I like. And which one was the one? Devin Lloyd. And even, even then, then you're trading up for it though. What yeah. was the trade officially? 
and just from a process standpoint, the rest was rough. Like Chad movement, the Chad movement pitch makes no sense. I, I just don't get it. You can't play three linebackers in today's NFL. You just don't. It's not, it's, you know, we talk about certain position, you know, defensive line guys will see the field in rotations. It, linebacker cornerbacks drafting backups those guys will see the field nickel diamond like high leverage situations chad muma if he's seeing the field it's not high leverage situations it, it is against first down against heavy packages that's going to be probably it that's just not a role so like that using a top 70 pick and nothing to do against nothing against chad Muma and talent that's where i would have drafted him but damn like there were just a lot better players on the board. They were just a lot more impactful to that roster on the board when they were drafted. I am – yeah, I'm disappointed. And the trade-up for Lloyd was only – they gave up pick 33, obviously. That's their best – that was their best move. Yeah. You know, yeah, that yeah. was their best move. And they only gave up 106 and 180, right? When you're And my, yeah. my thought on trade-ups is if you're trading up on day one or day two and you're only giving up outside the top 100 picks to do so, mm-hmm. oftentimes – I'm not overly concerned. But then you compare that to like the Christian Watson trade up. Like they traded two, you know, top 60 picks to yeah. go up and get Christian Watson. What the Jags did to go get Lloyd is not nearly as egregious as maybe as I build it as. But still, I, I, I give it a C. I, I, don't, I don't love the draft. Trayvon Walker was picked at one. I, I, you know, Trayvon Walker was not a top 10 or was a top 10 player for me, but he was at, I think, like eight. All right, Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, fuck. <laughs> this draft was insane. They, they, they literally drafted off the draft guide. They might have had the PDF. Kansas State Chiefs are PFF elite subscribers. Yeah. They grabbed Trent McDuffie at 21, who they traded up for. But still, let's look at that trade. I don't think it was overly egregious. And he was the number 11 player on PFF's draft board. Then they stay put at 30, grab George Karloftis, Purdue Edge that we had as a top 10 player on both our boards. Then Sky Moore at 54, who the Packers could have grabbed if they stayed. Instead. Don't run me. Because the Packers had 53. Instead, they oh, trade yeah. up for Christian Watson, who I think Sky Moore is a better prospect than Watson. Then you have Brian Cook, who Luke Fickle raved about on this podcast. At 62, maybe a bit richer than where we would have picked him, but still a good football player. Leo Chanel, top 40 player on PFF's draft board. Darian Kennard, top 60 player on PFF's draft board. Even Nazee Johnson at 259. I did, not, I did not hate. Kansas State Chiefs, man, this is an A-plus, A-plus draft, even including the trade-up for McDuffie. Yeah, so... I, we're not like the only ones high in this draft. I will say it wasn't just off the PFF draft where they were getting guys who even on consensus sports were higher than this, but they were also guys that we also would st- stick our neck out and say, these guys are better than where they're going to go even before. Like these were guys we were higher on. So I've, I've quite literally not seen a draft like this. We, I started doing our drafts up a 2019 draft Four drafts. Now this is, the one that was the closest to actually using the PFF draft board through the first two days. Yeah, four Mel of their Kiper, four of their five picks, gave it a B. Four of their five picks were were the number were the top player on our board at the time. Like that's that's just I, I haven't seen that. That was insane for me. So quite obviously, they're going to get an A A plus A plus draft for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think my favorite pick was George Karloftis, one of the biggest steals of the draft. My guy, this guy more. That guy's going to immediately come in and rake. My favorite pick of round one. George Karloftis, of all teams. My favorite pick of round two, Sky Moore, of all teams. Chiefs got my favorite per- pick of round one and round two. It's insane. All right. My least favorite is probably Isaiah Pachico, round seven. Reach. Pachisco? Pachisco. No, I, 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 there's no least favorite pick. It was what a draft. Skins game? Someone said Skins game? Yeah. Or, 
That's what the hell is skins? It's well, it's a golf term for like winning a hole. It's <laughs> that's actually a very good one. That's a good deep cut. Worm burner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know some of these. I don't play golf. Oh, dude, that these they're coming with it today. Uh, these I, are very. I, I good. think this is a good segment. I don't even know if it's technically a segment, but I think the people enjoy it. All right, Las Vegas Raiders. I was ready to give this an A minus, honestly, until the Zamir White pick. I did. I didn't really like the Zamir White pick. I like the Zamir White pick. So they go. They trade down from eighty six to ninety to grab Dylan Parham, who I think is going to start for them right away. And you get a starter at ninety. I think that's impressive. Zamir White, when you already have Josh Jacobs and you're paying Kenyon Drake as well, like a top fifteen paid running backs, grab him at one twenty two. I did not love it. But then after that, trenches, baby. Neil Farrell Jr. loved it. Comp for him in the guide is Jonathan Jan- Jonathan Hankins. Love that. Matthew Butler, I think, is a value at one seventy five. They are Mumford who did get roasted by Aiden Hutchinson in that game. You kick him in the guard, I think he's going to have more success in the NFL. And then Britton Brown, you take it or leave it. Another running back doesn't make a ton of sense. That running back room was loaded. Game? I huh? he just played guard in that game. I don't remember him getting roasted. No, dope. Thayer Munford got kicked out to guard for tackle, and that's the play where Aiden Hutchinson said, bring it, bitch, and blasted him. I thought that was Petit Frere. I'm going to double-check, but I thought that was him. Petit. Uh, Dylan Parham, though, so they didn't have a lot of capital, obviously. Trade the first, second away for Devontae Adams. But Parham knocked that one out the park. He starts day one. Probably left guard. Um, and I even like the Zemir White pick. I, he's a different kind of back than Josh Jacobs. Much more of a no-nonsense runner. And has a little more explosiveness, a little faster than Josh Jacobs, too. So fits more of what the Patriots, you know, Josh McDaniels, schematically, what they do is at the running back position. So, And it was pick 122. So not even going to hate that. B-plus draft. And it was it was Thayer Mumford, so screw you. Oh, it was? Yeah, so I, I did a podcast with Aiden Hutchinson, so I might know these things, but I, I'm looking it up. And he was asked if Hutchinson was the toughest thing he faced. And he said, not really. My toughest matchup was in practice. Talk about cope. Guy got legitimately I mean, he faced – what's his face? The boss Chase Young. Yeah, Chase Young. So. But still, he got burnt by the Hutch. Um, I give this class a B plus for the raids. I didn't like this. I, I, I don't like the Zamir white pick as much as other people do. I, it doesn't make sense with how deep that running back room already is. And then they grab Britton Brown as well. What, what, the, what Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels pretty much said over the last five days is this roster's ass. They didn't pick up any of the fifth year options on the first round picks from 2019, including for Josh Jacobs mm-hmm. and Jonathan Abram. And then they said, hey, yeah, we, we have Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake, but we don't, we're going to go get running backs here. We're going to go get Zamir White, Britton Brown. They don't like the defensive tackle group. They grab Neil Farrell, Matthew Butler. And they don't like the interior offensive line. They grab Thayer Mumford and Dylan Parham. Now, do they desperately need help in the secondary? I think outside cornerback specifically, yeah. Casey Hayward gone. But I, I really like this Raiders draft. It's, it's, it's a breath of fresh air, I'll tell you that. And sometimes that's just because they don't have a first-round pick. Yeah. You know, and, or a second-round pick in this case. I do love the people because we get noted as Raiders haters when I literally have no – I couldn't care less about hating your NFL team. What Raiders haters? Besides the Bears. How's this? Raiders shirt today. That, exactly. It's Raiders like, shirt. I'm like, from Oakland. I was a Raiders fan. I was there at the game for Jamarcus Russell's first completed pass. I was yeah. there when we were screaming, Russell, Russell, trying to get him in the game because he had that yeah. cap. We thought he was going to be the Messiah. He obviously wasn't. But, but we were not wrong about the last three Raiders drafts. I'll we were not wrong that. about the last three Raiders draft class. We weren't. All right. Uh, and you have to include Devontae Adams in the grade. Mm-hmm. Trading for Devontae Adams objectively makes this team better. Now, are they going to finish fourth in division? Sure. Like, sure. <laughs> like, I think they're over-under set at eight. There's a good chance. Eight yeah. wins, I think, next year, or eight and a half. 
Like, and I'd mm-hmm. probably bet the under. Like, it's a tough ass division to make the playoffs. They're plus one sixty. Like, yeah. it's gonna be difficult next year. But that doesn't mean the team is not good. I think they'd win the AFC South. I'll say that. All right. Next on our list is the Los Angeles Chargers. I liked the Chargers draft a little bit. I did too. Zion Johnson at seventeen was a check the box. Love to see it. Exactly what they needed. And you know, some people, you know, the receivers available there were not fantastic. I think going Zion Johnson at seventeen immediately they come out of round one as a winner. Did not love, however, the JT Woods pick. I I did not like the Isaiah Spiller pick. Yeah. And then to Tom round five, goes addicted to drafting these like low end athlete running backs. Not a fan. Addicted. Even though it's like the starting running back there is maybe the most athletic running back in the NFL. Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler, yeah. But Otito Ognaya, I think at 160 is good. Jamari Salyer, one of the value picks of day three. I think he can come in and, and play into your yeah, I think Salyer is right my favorite pick. I, I need I need word on why he wasn't higher. Someone's uh, Maybe I texted someone. I need to get some inside info and send it, send it over to you guys because his teammate, Justin Schaefer, got drafted higher. That's wild. That was that I was just like, what the fuck? Like Jamari Salyer, if you ask any Ohio State fan, he's like a god because he shut down Aiden Hutchinson, according to them, mm-hmm. even though he didn't. But Jamari Salyer was a much better pick than, by all accounts, than 195th overall. So that's my favorite one. Least favorite one's probably Isaiah Spiller, but you know I'm not going to argue what it's 123. If that's really fair pick, they had a solid draft. JT Woods for that scheme. Obviously, he's lower on the PFF draft board, but could not have gone to a better place. What I what I love about that pick, though, using such a I guess it's not such a premium pick, but 79 overall. I do wonder if Derwin's like a linebacker next year. You know, wow. and like just get rid of the safety tag. He's because JT Woods can fly. He's a pure deep guy. And obviously, they still have Adderley, though. And they still have Adderley, who's a little bit more versatile. But JT Woods, your pure deep guy in that scheme, taking safeties out of run fits is a perfect place for him to go because Duke cannot tackle. I, I'm going to go B here. I went B as well. Zion Johnson and Jamari Salyer are my favorite picks. Mm-hmm. Offensive line, those are great. Los Angeles Rams, no first round pick, no second round pick. I hate giving grades to drafts like this. Yeah, it's tough. It's difficult. Logan Bruss. Offensive lineman from Wisconsin was their first pick of the draft at 104. Then they grabbed Jacoby Durant of South Carolina State at 142. Kyron Williams, talk about unathletic. Notre Dame running back goes at 164, fellow gold. Darian, Darian Kendrick. Darian Kendrick, talk about unathletic. <laughs> and then they grabbed someone named Russ Yeast. in my range. I don't even know who Russ Yeast is. Do you know who Russ Yeast is? I don't, actually. <laughs> uh, you gave this draft a C plus. I mean, it's I tough. Know. It's a tough one to draft. It's a I, tough one to dra- uh, grade. I do think Logan Bruss starts, though. So maybe a little higher than that. When you don't have any top 100 picks, it's hard to like. Exactly, you know, it's almost incomplete. like incomplete, right? Yeah. You just you didn't draft enough to even really. I give this and the Dolphins one. I said the drafts 120 picks long. They had one pick in there, and I actually kind of liked it. So I'll just say incomplete. I love it. Miami Dolphins. They also didn't have a lot of picks, and they also didn't have a top 100 pick. Channing Tindall, though. Why not go B minus for this one? You didn't like it. I like the Rams Hall better than this Hall. Fair. They go Channing Tindall. I don't know why. Because they traded for Tyree Kill. Then they go Eric Azucana. Azucama. Kama. Kama? Azucama. Okay. South Texas Canada. Tech. Cameron Good. Cal Edge at 224. And then Skylar Thompson at 247. Kansas State, who could compete for the starting job there. No. Um, I, I like the Tyndall pick a lot. I thought he was a top 50 player in this class. I mean, 50. I think Channing Tyndall's awesome. Woo. I think Tyndall in the right role. He's a pointed gun. I said this on the pod. He's a pointed gun. If you point him in the right direction, yeah. this guy's going to hit it. I think um, the issue will be or the, the challenge will be him getting past that and obviously developing into more of an instinctual player. 
Yeah, I went. I gave it a B minus, but honestly, I like the Rams hall better. So let me flip that to a C plus. The Rams to B minus. I like go. that. Flipped. Flip. Minnesota Vikings draft. I did not like. Period. I was not a fan of this. Really, Andrew you Booth. Love Andrew Booth dude. I loved Andrew Booth, but outside of that, I was not. And Brian Asamoa, but like the trade down for what they got made no sense. Mm. Lewisine at thirty two. I like Lewisine. I like Andrew Booth, but the trade down was really confusing. Really confusing. I think I thought, we saw Questy though really plant his flag on the coverage versus pass rush debate. Like, he oh, went for sure. coverage, dude. It was a, they've redefined. I think this could. This draft, we could look back at it and think it's a lot better than it was. Fair. Bet a lot better than the beat. I do like the players you know? they got. I guess you I know? think the thing that stands out to me the most is the trade back. Because I just I thought they could have yeah. got more. Like a future first, not getting a future first in that trade is absurd. I agree. It just seemed like, yes, from our perspective, we say they got value. But you can't operate just based off of that because the market usually provides more value. You, Here's you, know, a take. you have to operate off of the Jimmy Johnson model that the team's looking to trade up use. So here's the take. I wish they grabbed Jamison Williams at 12. That'd have been sick. Instead right. of that, what it turned into Ed Ingram and Lewisine. Yeah. One, one Jamison Williams versus Ed Ingram and Lewisine. Yeah. I probably do lean agreeing with you there, but so they go Lewisine at 32, Andrew Booth Jr. Who fell largely due to injury. I think he's the first round type of talent. Mm -hmm. I had him top 15 on my board. So I do like that one. Ed Ingram needs to work in pass protection, but the run grade run blocking grade was fantastic. You are huge fan of Brian Asamoah's game. He gets there at 66. After that, Ty Chandler, North, North Carolina at 169. Jalen Naylor. Barely. Nowhere. Michigan State, 191. And Nick Muse, South Carolina, 10 at 227. I don't know. Maybe I'm being harsh. I don't like the trade-up. I, I think solid B is fine. I, B minus think would be being harsh on the trade back, but I think I think solid B is fine. Solid B. Solid B. Favorite picks, probably Booth at 42. My favorite picks, Asamoah. Booth fell for injury. Can't, can't pump those up too you know like fine sorry i'm, I'm sorry. just saying my favorite my, pick my was speedy nailer <laughs> can't pump that up too much like you, you, when you know a guy falls for that reason but it is a great pick Ooh. my least favorite is ed ingram at 59. That all right one. the update on the golf club slash strip club okay. pebble beaches and then the approach which i think is weird yeah the, the approach is more of a, a brothel both of those are kind of and you're not golfing at brothel Flubbers would be a bad name for a strip club. Flubs. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't think it would be a good one. All right, New England Patriots. Yikes. Lowest draft grade in the class, easily. And that's the consensus lowest and our lowest. I mean, there was – I don't know if anyone gave this – I mean, looking I at – I kind of want to go back and look at consensus lowest because I have a – my dumb take is that consensus lowest is usually, like, they don't hit. They, consensus I agree. lowest almost never I, – I can't remember a consensus, like, bottom three. Just the odds of those being good drafts is almost – and they're the only cons they're they're not only the consensus lowest, but when you look at all the teams in the bottom six, they didn't have first round picks. Like Niners, Niners didn't have first round pick, did they? No. Yeah. So Niner Cardinals, Niners, Bears, Dolphins, Rams, and the Pats. Like all the other ones, like didn't have first didn't have first round picks. Cole Strange obviously was the Patriots' first round pick. And anytime I I went on this rant the last time, you you take a player that is so far down on the consensus board. When 87% of the players in the top 32 on the consensus board were taken in the first round, you are not leveraging the data that you have at hand. You are being dealt an 18 and hitting on 18. And if you get, if Cole Strange becomes a future Hall of Famer, that's hitting on 18 and getting a three. But that's still not good process. It's not good process to bet on 
situations like an unfavorable situation what do you what do you think about what i floated on the show though on day three saying that like they lost dave ziegler and a lot of their scouting staff to the raiders had to been a factor kind of not late in the process but like lost a big chunk of that that they had to replace throughout this process that they just didn't have a handle on or maybe just like handle on valuing these guys correctly this is a d grade a firm d grade for the new england patriots to grab cole strange chattanooga at 29 who's a good player yeah you drafted him too high and why was he for Taekwon Thornton at Baylor? Yeah, that's the skill set that they needed, right? But like, I would have liked Calvin Austin Jr. better here. And they got him in, that guy got picked in the fourth. I don't I don't understand the Taekwon Thornton pick as high yeah. as he was. Marcus Jones is probably my favorite pick of their entire draft. Marcus we, Jones is good. Drafted Taekwon Thornton above even like Alec Pierce, who's as fast on a football field, in my opinion. Yeah. He didn't run as fast at the combine, but on a football field, as fast and much bigger and more projectable. Like the the worst part about this to me. Not only like reaching for players. Love Marcus Jones. That's my favorite pick. Yeah. But and and Belichick said he wants to play Marcus Jones on both sides of the ball, which I think could make it a, make an overly valuable pick. <laughs> but I'll believe I, when I see it, but that's that's sick. That'd be sick if they do. But it's just you're capped in the impact these guys can make. You, you know, like Cole Strange, I, ideal scenario for him becomes Jack Mason, who you just had. <laughs> and traded for a fifth. And you traded for a fifth. And the chances of that happening are probably pretty low because he was a top five right guard in the NFL. Tyquan Thornton, the, the upside for him, because he, he is not a dynamic athlete. He is a straight line speed guy who's 6'2", 180. Upside for him is your deep threat. That's your capped at that. He's not, you know, 50th overall pick. That's where A.J. Brown went. He ain't turning into A.J. Brown. Like the contract he's getting is not going to be in that range should he hit. Yeah, just like the contracts these guys would get if they hit. And Marcus Jones, for as talented as he is, and I love him, he was actually higher than that. In the He's PFF a return F1. man and a slot corner. Exactly. The contract that guy's going to get if he hits, if everything turns out great, is still way lower than where the market is. You know, way lower than the top of the market. It's still like a mid-tier level contract. So your upside, if you did evaluate this draft, if you evaluate these guys perfectly. What you, the money you're saving yourself over just going out and signing a Will Fuller to be your speed guy in your offense, over signing one of the best slot corners in the NFL, over signing a starting guard for you, is so low. Yeah, no, you it's know, low. is so low. That and that I think got under discussed and everyone just like reacting to like I didn't have Cole Strange higher on my board. Yeah. What the bit the, the other issues are? These are you know, Tyquan Thornton, Marcus Jones, Cole Strange like low value in terms of skill sets, right? And and what they get on their second contracts. And then you go into the round four, round four, round six, Pierre Strong Jr. running back, Kevin Harris running back, backup QB, Bailey Zappi. Well, Jack Jones, another like skinny cornerback who's 24 years old and broke into a Panda Express. Did he? Yeah. What did <laughs> he get? my favorite story of the draft. Oh my God, I need to see this. Jack we Jones? just had, was just for a little orange chicken. I don't blame Oh him. no, Doug Kide wrote about that story. It was not <laughs> for a little orange chicken. <laughs> he broke into a Panda Express at 3 a.m., Dude, at 3 a.m., that's how I feel. That's what I feel like usually. He said he felt it was all part of God's plan. No. No. Oh. No, he didn't. Former USC cornerback Jack, this is from the LA Times. Former USC cornerback Jack Jones talked to the Times on Tuesday night, keeping a positive outlook on his dismissal from the program on academic grounds and dealing with his plan to get into big time. He said it was all part of God's plan. Two nights later, after talking to the Times at 3.45 Friday morning, Jones was arrested in Santa Paula, suspicion of commercial burglary under $950, under $950, not during business hours, and conspiracy to commit crime, two felony charges. Broke into a Panda Express. Brutal, yep. brutal scene. Brutal, brutal scene. Uh, all righty. Oh, favorite one of my pick, favorite, one of my favorite strip club names so far. 
So someone said it was Zach Phillips said free strokes, but I just like strokes. If it was just strokes, you guys yeah, go to strokes. Hey, you go to strokes later. I like strokes. I think that might be my favorite. Mm. Yeah, I think strokes, strokes has good. been up there. What was Caddy Crack? What was the one you liked the more? I don't remember which ones we liked the more. Skins game. Or skins, skins game. Skin, or or skins. Just skins was good. Skins is interesting. All right. New Orleans Saints. Can we talk about this trade up for Chris Olave? Yes. Traded. So they. this is the pick. The 16th overall pick was what they got from the Eagles when they traded a future second. Future. And, no. Future first and a very future second. Yeah. 2023 first, 2024 second. And, and I, think it was also, I think it was also a, a this year's fourth or third one of those that was to get pick 16 yes and then they trade up from 16 to 11 sending two third round picks to go get chris olave mickey loomis is the most aggressive drafter in the nfl history yeah so so chris olave cost them obviously the pick that he was picked with two thirds this year a fourth this year a first next year and a second in 2024 five five picks five all like top 120 picks really high to get one Chris Olave, and I'm not even like I'm fine with drafting Chris Olave. I love Olave. I have no problem with draft, drafting Chris Olave at 11. He's going to be a good. He's going to. He's a fit. He's going to impact that offense. He's going to be fantastic for them. But whew, that's so much draft capital for one guy that he goes out and you know gets hurt. Like like they're just putting a lot of eggs in one basket. That as we've seen. They, they, they better they, they've been good in these scenarios uh, don't yeah. get me wrong they've been good but when you are good at evaluating talent you want more picks to do so Olave is a phenomenal player he was my wide receiver two in this class top 15 player on my board if picking him at 11 in a vacuum is phenomenal I like Chris Olave hey guess what you know who should probably pick him at 11 fucking Washington Commanders or traded out of there and picked another receiver that I was lower on the consensus people yeah. were lower on Chris Olave 11 is not the problem the problem is you trade five players to get him Essentially, you trade five players for Chris Olave, which like that I don't think gets discussed enough in these trades. Mm -hmm. right? Oh, that pick's low. Think, think of any, is there any player worth five players? That's a lot. It's a lot of players. Five players is a lot. And especially if they're top 140 picks. That's yeah. crazy. Future first and a future second. Chris Olave has to be like a god to be better than those picks. And the Saints straight up need cheap players as yeah. well, you know? So then at 19, they grabbed Trevor Penning, who you and I are a lot lower on. Seth is lower on. But consensus-wise, he was a top 25 player in this class. So, like, okay. us hating the Trevor Penning pick, I think, would be being overconfident in our own evaluations of Penning. We're not going to like it. But I don't think it's nearly as egregious as the trade-up was for Olave. And we love Olave. Mm -hmm. With Penning, it's like you're getting a tackle. You needed a tackle. You didn't trade up to go get him. Are we lower on him? Then, yeah. But, like, other people like him, and maybe you can't develop him, right? You're, mm -hmm. you're taking a bet on Penning. Respect it. The Alante Taylor pick. I... He was not even a consensus top 100 player, was he? Like, this was another, like, kind of significant reach. It Taylor was. from Tennessee, the corner. And then after that, they didn't have any other top 100 picks. They grabbed DeMarco Jackson, the linebacker from App State, and then Jordan Jackson of Air Force, the defensive tackle. I'm I'm not a fan. Yeah, I went C+. Chris Olave, my favorite pick, still, even after all I gave up. But Alante Taylor, probably my least favorite. That one just that didn't make sense. I don't Ridiculous. Know. Yeah. Saints, C+. I think you go C here, honestly. I think C is probably more fair if you weren't trying to be so nice in the grades. That's very nice. I'm going to go see, actually. New York Giants. I really like their haul. They had some layups, but then they, they they killed it. They killed me when they grabbed Wondell Robinson at 43. I did not like that pick. Yeah. And then I thought Azudu was a reach at 67. I thought there were better guards on the board. He went before Dylan Parham. 
So we'll lean that way. So five and seven, I think we're both just slam dunks, right? You got yeah. pitched, you got pitched a sixty mile an hour home run derby, and you're just like, dang, dang. exactly. Kayvon Thibodeau, and Evan they Neal just didn't screw picks. it up. Yeah, you know, like they, we said that pre-draft with them. We're like five and seven was there was going to be value there. There were going to be great players at the positions they needed. So just we know too whoever it was, they weren't going to screw it up. Talking to reporters and other people, they wanted one of the corners, and they didn't get a chance at one of the corners, right? Ahmad Gardner and Derek Stingley Jr. were already off the board, so they go to the trenches, Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal, dingers, like I said, home run derby, you got served up. The Wandell Robinson pick, I would have rather had, obviously, Malik Willis here. I, 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 Malik Willis, 43, and I know he fell a lot further than that, and maybe you know, we're being overconfident in our evaluation of Willis, but like, geez. I, Wandell Robinson essentially is going to have to play the same role as Kadarius Tony, and so if you don't move Kadarius Tony, and maybe they like him at outside receiver, they're developing him as a route runner. But like, I like Tony in the Wandale Robinson role, but one of them's got to have to play it. You can't have two of those types in an offense. So I worry about that. I worry about the catch radius with Robinson. He was successful with Will Levis, but like, being that small and having those short of arms does not have a lot of historical success in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, I, I, did I didn't even like him as much as I like Calvin Austin as a prospect. Yeah, same. And Austin went two rounds later, which is that's where you draft a guy like that, in my opinion, fourth round. You draft the gadget-ish guys in the fourth round. If you don't, he, he just and his swing span's like six inches shorter than makes no sense. Calvin Austin's. Yeah, I. Darren Beavers probably was. If I don't, if Kayvon Thibodeau was my favorite pick in the draft in this draft class, but I also like Darren Beavers at one eighty-two. Evan Neal's probably my favorite pick. I I like Beavers. I like Bellinger. I like Belton. I do think they got talent. Don't get me wrong. Like this is. They're a much better team post this draft, but they were always going to be because they had an unbelievable, I think they had, what, the second most draft capital of a team in this draft. Yeah. So they were always going to come away with talent. I just do think those second and top of the third round picks, they could have really knocked this one out. The of, the 18, gone, gone differently. of the 18 media outlets that had draft grades, we had the lowest grade on the Giants at B-. minus. But again, we're trying to evaluate pick by pick. Yeah. Not just pump, not just haul, not yeah. just like, it's not a it's a over average, mm-hmm. not a total. Exactly. New York Jets. I love the Jets draft. Now. I loved it in rounds with pick four and ten. And then after, I think there were some questionable selections. Ahmad Gardner and Garrett Wilson at four and ten were again similar to the Giants situation. Ding. Ding. Yeah. Jermaine Johnson, the trade Shock. back up, was where you'd pick Jermaine Johnson. Mm-hmm. Trading more capital for him, I don't think makes it as like it's. I think it's more of a double or triple than it is a home run selection at twenty six. Yeah. Then trading up for Brees Hall, that one. Was the weird. trade up for Brees Hall was aggressive. That's aggressive. But the thing I said on the show and that I still do believe is that they are almost complete as a roster now. You know, with as many picks as they've had, with as much as they've invested in free agency. Really, the only spot where you could say maybe you could upgrade was tackle, but you have George Fant there, who's fine. You, you know, there weren't there weren't roster spots available, really outside of running back. They have starters everywhere now. Could they improve their starters? Probably, but like, Brees Hall, we said there's two backs in this class, and obviously the whole Shanahan tree just loves drafting them to running backs. So if there are two backs in the class that are actual running backs in the NFL, starters. They got one of them. So I, I don't hate it too much. And honestly, the trade for Jermaine Johnson, again, it's another top, outside the top yeah. 100 pick. You know, they traded number 35 and number 101 to go up 26. It's but not from, super aggressive. From a talent evaluation standpoint, every single pick, though, is a talented player. 
from uh, I'm not questioning the talent and where they went from a talent evaluation standpoint up until Michael Clemens just a little high based on my board but Max Mitchell Jeremy Rucker Brees Hall Jermaine Johnson Garrett Wilson Sauce Gardner they knocked it out from a talent evaluation and they only moved three spots two spots to go get Brees Hall anyway they traded from 38 they traded 38 and a fifth to go get Brees Hall I I don't know I went A minus I went A minus I think you could argue B plus here I think you could but I think A minus is probably accurate. Sauce I thought I was going to come pick. on this podcast and rip the Jets draft, but like when you look at, they only trade one. They traded one hundred one and a fifth to go up and get Jermaine and mm-hmm. go up and get Brees, which is not all that egregious, especially when you think about Jermaine Johnson. Like some people viewed him as a top ten player in this class, and to get him at twenty six, along with Gardner, along with Wilson, and now you have you know Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Jeremy Ruckert. They brought in C.J. Uzama. They obviously have. Um, uh, Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims, Corey Davis. I, I think they're doing a lot. And Max Mitchell, I thought, in round four was a value. They're doing a lot to help this this just this young kid, Zach Wilson, who I think has the best supporting cast of any of the second-year players, second-year quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. A-minus for the Jets. A-minus for the Jets. Philadelphia Eagles. They trade for they trade for A.J. Brown and give him a contract, which I thought was phenomenal business. They get Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean at 13 and 83, respectively. Oof. Cam Jurgens was a reach where we saw him on the board, but still... Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey replacement. I am a huge fan of what the Eagles did because I love it. I love it from a process standpoint. You're betting on Jalen Hurts developing. Let's give him every reason to develop. Let's get an offensive lineman. Let's get A.J. Brown. And let's make sure we can cook with this team. And that, in my opinion, is phenomenal business for the Philadelphia Eagles. And then you factor in they got two of the best Georgia defensive players they had in Jordan Davis and N'Kobe Dean. And now Dean obviously has the injury. And I think needs to probably even if he takes a redshirt year though like even if Jacoby Dean doesn't play this year mm-hmm. and he just spends the entire year rehabbing and he comes back 100% this is gonna be one of the steals of the draft easily because Jacoby yeah. Dean oh, is yeah. a phenomenal football player yeah that was that's why you that's why the Eagles don't draft linebacks in the first rounds because there are ta- there's always talent available in second and third so great draft from the Eagles least favorite is probably Cam Jurgens, but like ideal landing spot you could not have picked a better place for him to go considering who he was as a prospect, this just athletic marvel who is really still learning how to play a center position. So, yeah, Eagles, I went flat A for the birds. I think flat for A Flock is great. Nation. I think flat A is great for Flock Nation. Um, putts and butts. For all Flock Nation. What? What do you think of putts, putts and butts? butts? I think that's kind of a little too on one. the nose. Yeah, we're, too try, on, we're trying to get like... on the nose like, and also kind of elementary, yeah. right? Putts and butts is like for like an 18-year-old plus strip yeah. club. I think you need something a little bit more classy. Putts and butts, you like you bought, you go in, they immediately offer you a SIG. <laughs> All right, Pittsburgh Steelers. At 20, they grab Kenny Pickett. And to pause here, Kenny Pickett, Pittsburgh. We weren't super high on Kenny Pickett, but he was a consensus top 40 player. And like you can't be overconfident in your evaluation of Pickett and say he's not going to pan out. My thing is, is there's no way if the Pittsburgh Steelers didn't pick Pickett at 20, that he wouldn't have been available for, in my opinion, wouldn't have been available at 52. I don't, no way is obviously egregious. You know, who knows what people's evaluations pick it. But to see all those quarterback needy teams pass on quarterback in rounds two and three and let a Willis corral, Howell fall to the fifth. Carson Strong fell out of the draft. I just don't think the Steelers were the only team that had Kenny Pickett two like standard deviations above rest of this quarterback class, right? I bet you if you asked Mike Tomlin how close were the evaluations between Pickett and Willis, he might say he had Willis ahead of Pickett or they were really close. 
I think if Kenny Pickett isn't drafted at 20, he's available at 52. Just given how rest, the rest of the league viewed the rest of these quarterbacks, I, I, I think he takes a slide. So I think Kenny Pickett can't be overconfident in your own evaluation. I think he can be successful. I think, I'll tell you what, though, Mitchell Trubisky is going to fight him for that job. And, and, and Tomlin's going to let him compete. You know, Tomlin's not, you know, just giving people jobs. And then Kevin Colbert, this is his last year as a GM. I think he wanted to end on a fader, you know, end on a little cheeky fadeaway. Say, hey, I got your quarterback, just like the Ravens. GM yeah, he did. wanted to have his Aussie news some Exactly. Moment. And he's like, I'm not going to leave the first round without a QB. And that, they made that clear with how they attacked the process 100%. So I, I didn't love the Kenny Pickett pick. I'm not going to dog him for it because he's still a top 40 player. It's not an egregious reach. And then I really liked what they did for the rest of the draft. George Pickens yeah. at 52. DeMarvin Leal at 84. Calvin Austin at 138. All three of those picks were values, in my opinion. I think it's a B-plus draft. I'm not giving it an A-minus because I am concerned with how the league as a whole viewed this quarterback class and how far ahead Pickett went ahead of over everyone else. But still, um, I think they hit, hit it out of the park on uh, round two, three, and four. Yeah. Side note, can we? you think you can go the rest of this pod without saying overconfident in your own evaluation? Yes. I think it's even I'm possible. Going Five more teams? To. I'm going to. Do you think you could? Here and out. All right. I think that's why I'm most happy the draft is over. I'm not actually happy <laughs> the draft is over, but no more – no more overconfidence. No, uh, Kenny Pickett, 20. We've, whatever. You, you guys know my take is going to be on that. But George Pickett's Marvin Leal, love their day too. Like those are, Marvin Leal is another kind of, you know, Sam Howell-esque. If we have this draft last year, he goes 60 picks higher. Sam Howell goes 100 picks higher. We have this you know, draft last year. So, not that the talent went anywhere, but it's like, why did it, why did it not work? Why did it not keep going forward? So, like those picks, then Calvin Austin. Like they, they know how to scout wideouts. Receiving core, dude. They know how to scout wideouts. Pickett or Trubisky is gonna have some weapons. Mm -hmm. George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Pat Fryermuth, Calvin Austin, Connor Hayward at fullback. Poof. How about how about the Steelers really investing in brothers? I was at fullback. <laughs> I, I was talking to Ben Lindsay, who's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. He's yeah. nails here at PFF. They have the Haywards, mm -hmm. the Watts. The Davises, remember the two. Is it going to be a is it going to be a competition between the Haywards and the Watts though? Because what if they cut Watts' brother for Haywards' brother? Oh, because yeah, that's right. That's that'd be fucked. That's right? kind of screwed. I think you're going to keep them. There's no way you draft them and cut them. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you do. But then they also drafted the two Nebraska kids. Remember the Davises, Carl Davis and who's the other defensive tackle from Nebraska? They have those both those players too. Oh really? And then they got the Edmonds. Terrell Edmonds and oh yeah, Tremaine. No, they uh, Tremaine's no. place with Buffalo Bills. But I'm an idiot. They are twins though. And know. he's not even on the roster anymore. Shouldn't Still, have they that do one chase up. brothers. They choose. They do chase brothers. All right. This is from. Oh, I gave that a B plus. Okay. Because I, I again, like, can't be too. Confident. Oh, you were about to. San Francisco 49ers. That counts. That counts. That counts. That counts. San Francisco 49ers. Have to factor in that they don't have a first round pick because they traded up for Trey Lance last year and he hasn't played more than like 100 snaps. But Drake Jackson, I thought was. A, Right where we would have taken Drake Jackson, the edge from USC. Ty Davis Price at LSU at 93 was a joke. He was not even a consensus top 200 player, I don't think. Or maybe like in the 150 range or whatever. But like, that was an egregious reach at a position that is low value. Where they already have talent. And they already invest in Trey Sermon. The Danny Gray pick I thought was phenomenal at 105. Um, and then after that, you know, I don't know. They had Mr. Relevant and Brock Purdy. I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of this draft. I honestly, really? leaned, I honestly leaned more more. B, B minus than oh. anything above that. I mean, I don't like the Ty Davis price pick. And obviously, you have to factor in the trade up for Trey Lance that has not exactly panned out yet. Oh, and Max Chadwick, shout out. Trey Edmonds 
is running back on the Steelers. And you think he's – I think he's the brother of – Of Terrell, who's also Ter- not on the yes, roster. Yes, Wait, he's not on the – I don't know, actually. He's on the Dolphins now. The don't worry about brother. it. We're done with the brothers' comments. We're Steelers just keeping swinging and missing <laughs> on them, too. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go B for the San Francisco 49ers. But, honestly, I like it. it's closer to a B- minus than it is B plus. Yeah, I, I went B. The Tyrion Davis price, just like, why? Why did you draft Trey Sermon? And why did you – Elijah Mitchell was good. Why? I don't know. Drake Jackson, though, fan of that pick. I think he could pay off big dividends. And obviously goes to a place where they've developed defensive linemen well. Danny Gray is the, the wild card here. Uh, obviously, kind of an offense built with a bunch of versatile guys. He's not as versatile, but they don't have that speed threat. They don't have low four threes in that receiving court right now. They got low four threes in him, and, I, and I'm a big fan. To me, he's better than the speed guys that went before him in this draft. Valus, better than Taekwon, as pure downfield kind of guy. All righty then. Um, someone said Tiger's Wood. That's pretty good. I like Tiger's Wood for the male version. Also, great good fellow on YouTube said, these California boys don't know football. You just got roped in being a California boy. I'm not a Cali boy, Midwest through and through. <laughs> All right. Um, Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks. Charles Cross at nine. Boye Mafe at 40. Kenneth Walker, the third at 41. And then Abraham Lucas at 72. I like Tariq Willen at 153. I thought that was value. Even Tyreek Smith at 158. And Bo Melton, the receiver from Rutgers at 229. This is a good draft for the Seattle Seahawks. The Kenneth Walker pick keeps it from being an AA+. Plus. I think it's a firm A minus for Seattle. And I think in previous years, the Kenneth Walker pick would have drove this down to a D. But PFF is growing. We're developing. I'm going A minus here. I went A minus. The Kenneth Walker pick, it's not even, again, like I said about the Jets, it's a good player for that position. That's fine I, at 41, but <laughs> they have Chris Carson. Why do they keep doing this? You know, like, the whole eat the trash thing. They see I'll eat the trash again. Like they like the dog. What the hell is the eat the trash thing? I don't, you've never listened to part of my take where they talk about Peter King eating the trash. Like he can't help himself. I didn't it's know like that. a dog that eats the trash. They can't help themselves. They can't. The Seahawks oh, can't help themselves. Okay. They have to eat the trash. Kenneth Walker. They had to eat the trash again. That's fair. But Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas, two obviously air raid tackles, two guys who maybe gonna have a learning curve going to the NFL because of that. But, man, they are athletes at tackle. That could be your 10-year starters. Could be a couple 10-year starters there. I, I, I like this draft. I think Cross my favorite pick, least favorite. I mean, it's got to be Kenneth Walker because yeah. that's they, the only It's where they eat Actually, trash. no, Kobe Bryant's my least favorite. I just don't think he's that good. All right, a few more teams here, and then we're out. The NFL podcast is trying to kick us out here. They go live at 9. All right, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Did not have a first-round pick. But they did – Initially, they traded back from 27 to 33 and picked up 106 and 180 to do so. They grabbed Logan Hall at the top of day two, which we would have gotten Travis Jones here, but I still think it's right where we would have picked Logan Hall. Luke Gedeke immediately can come in and start at guard. I love that pick. Oh, love that pick. After that, Rashad White, one of your guys. Love Kate that. Otten, who I thought was good. Uh, Coquifed, best blocking tight end in the class, maybe. Was at least the highest graded run blocking this tight end this past year. Yeah. Um, and then Zion McCollum, who's worth the flyer at 157. Yeah. I thought this was a good draft. Why did you give it a B? Yeah, I probably should have gone higher. That probably should have gone What's your problem? I don't know. I mean, they didn't get surplus board value is probably why. This is at least a B plus. I at mean, least. So, I mean, they did hit need, need, need. So, need with tight end, too. So I love it from that perspective. It's at least a B plus. 
but they didn't get surplus board value. It's at least a B plus. Twelve off surplus board value. They no, trade it down and okay, pick up some I'll picks. go B plus. Get a, get a key, home run. Again, that that guy's going to be, he's going to be a stud. I mean, just flat out is. I'm a big fan of this game. B plus. All right, Tennessee Titans. Did not like this draft. We give it a B plus. Trading away AJ Brown for Traylon Burks, I don't think is. I don't think is the way. I don't think that's what gets this team to a Super Bowl. You talk about a move that like what best gets this team to being Super Bowl competitive. It's not trading A.J. Brown and bringing in Traylon Burks. And it's also not offering A.J. Brown a $16 million per year contract and expecting him to sign it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think that's good business for Tennessee at the top of the draft. Yeah, so if they don't have Malik Willis in this, it's more like C-plus range. I agree. Honest. Oh, I forgot about the Malik Willis value. But the Malik Willis, like, 86, man. And we've said he's going to be a while with him. Mm-hmm. They have a while. They have Tanhill there for two more years. So I love that pick. The A.J. Brown thing is utterly ridiculous to me. I, I cannot, I could not believe that on draft night. I just, that's your dream scenario. I just don't think you let guys like that get away. And the Titans have kind of had this odd thing now about retaining some of their top guys. You know, they let a lot of their first-rounders walk without picking up their options, whether it's Jack Conklin, Corey Davis, and now let A.J. Brown out the door. I mean, obviously not questioning John Robinson's Tenor's GM. He's been a very good GM for them. Obviously, number one seed last year, but kind of an odd way they've built this. And they have to look back at that budget pre deal and be like, God damn it. Like, that was, it's hamstringing. Oh, yeah, for sure. From a cap perspective in a big, big way. That's why they have to make this move. So, yeah, uh, this Titans draft. B plus because I'm Malik Willis. B plus because I love Cal Phillips and Chig Okonkwo. Chig Okonkwo, yeah, that's good. But the rest. Kind of nothing right home. I might go solid B here, though. I mean, you think about like moving forward as to be Super Bowl competitive. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't necessarily think the AJ Brown trade did that. <clears throat> Last but not least, Washington Commanders, which I think you could move. The, you gave it a C plus. I think you could move it to a C. Like I don't. I don't like this draft. Jahan Dotson overdrafted, and I'm not going to be overconfident. Yeah, it in should my be own lower evaluation. than C, C. It should be lower than C plus. Honestly, I'd go like. C minus. D plus, dude. This is bad. Oh, that's the Sam Howell. It's the Sam Howell pick. Sam Howell pick keeps it alive. I know. So, Jahan Dotson, I can't be overconfident in my evaluation of Jahan Dotson, but I was lower on God damn it, Austin. Stop saying (laughs) it. I was lower on Dotson. I was lower on Dotson. But if they liked him, here's the thing about Dotson. He was watching the NBA playoffs that night because he didn't think he was going to get drafted in round one. And then guess what? Federian Mathis said the same thing. He's like, I didn't know we were going to get drafted on day two. (laughs) Like, if you draft... If you draft two players that didn't even expect to go in the rounds they went, you probably did not evaluate them effectively. They had their phone on do not disturb. They're like, I guess. <laughs> Jahan Dotson so. was cheering on his the, the NBA playoffs. All right, Dotson, don't love it where they got him. There were other receivers I liked over Dotson in the spot. But Darian Mathis, no. Like, I would have <laughs> rather had Travis Jones here or any other defensive tackle nearly. Like, Fidarian Mathis is not going to offer yeah. you anything as a passer, a pass rusher. Then Brian Robinson Jr., when you already have Antonio Gibson and Jared Patterson, like, why are you adding this? I, I, I don't get that pick either. Sam Howell saves us one, but when you factor in that, like, 32 teams pass on him four times, how good is he? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Don't be overconfident in your own evaluation there either. God damn it. <laughs> Every single time. Sam Howell, like, yeah, we had him as a top 40 player, a top 50 player, QB2 in this class, but, like, if he falls down that far, we probably don't know something, you know? Yeah. Sam Howell falls that far. I don't know. I think C-minus is probably where it needs to be, dude. This Chris Paul I kind of like, but this Washington draft was not, not a fa- I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, not favorite, a fan of this draft. Quite obviously, Sam Howell, least favorite. Probably Fedarian? 
probably Jahan. 16, man. 16. They came in the draft He's with a pick small 11. receiver that doesn't have like elite athleticism yeah. despite being 178 pounds. They, they came in with a premium spot at one at 11. And they traded down. You, you thought they were going to get like a dude. And they had an option. They had Jameson Williams sitting there. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, we just, end on a sour note here yeah, on tailgate. Sadly. Appreciate everyone who followed along on YouTube. I think my favorite finally is Swingers. Um, but it was a phenomenal draft. I like par 69. Par 69? Yeah. I think that's fair. All right. Uh, until next time, Asa Gale, Mike Renner, tailgate.